The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and postpartisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. President Trump has signed a second CARES Act, a second package funded by Congress of emergency funding for small and medium businesses who need to be supported during this pandemic crisis. But you know, it can't be that simple. You got to have a few flourishes in every bill hidden away. Well, in this one, one of the provisions in the bill that the Democrats got in there is a potential $10 billion bailout of the U.S. postal system, which once again finds itself running out of money by September. The president is correct in his frustration about the intractable nature of year-over-year losses by this quasi-government agency that we call the United States Postal System. He is also correct in being frustrated by the make-me-do-it attitude of postal service unions, if not the letter carriers themselves. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I solve problems. I don't make them. And to that end, I can tell you I've had my own run-ins with that intractable bureaucracy called the postal system. And those run-ins are legendary. If you want just one example, go hit the reimagineamerica.org site and you will find in blog form um, by doing a search on uh, U.S. Post Office uh, a story from 2015. There are earlier stories, but you know what? There's a point at which you just have to stop keeping everything you've ever written. Um, But maybe, maybe I should bring some of those stories back. He might give you a good laugh. But President Trump's solution, raise the rates on parcel post by four times, is the wrong solution to the right problem particularly, particularly as he at the same time hopes to keep as many small businesses in business as possible. What President Trump thinks is that he's taking aim at Jeff Bezos, his bet noir, and Bezos's Amazon, Amazon empire. But in fact, that's not who he's aiming at. Who he's really taking aim at are all those small businesses that sell through the Amazon platform. Many of them are home-based. And then what about Etsy? You know, Etsy is another similar type for small um, home-based entrepreneurship. I I just, in fact, uh, bought some elegant face masks on Etsy from a really entrepreneurial seamstress. I mean, the woman that's designer quality work. But Trump's idea is going to raise her shipping costs as well as Jeff Bezos. And if you're a small business, raising your shipping costs results in a shrinkage of your business because you are less competitive in the global market. So yeah, even if we go back to the idea that 
Amazon makes money on every single purchase you make. So even if it's a small business, they have to pay Amazon for the right to be on the Amazon platform. So, you know, Bezos might lose a little revenue here and there if small home-based businesses fail. But do you really want to risk that many of those small businesses, those little fledgling entrepreneurship type enterprises are going to actually disappear forever because the shipping costs shrink their margins and as a result shrink their markets? And I know that's not President Trump's intention. Raise those costs for the last mile delivery to the customer's home and the bottom line benefit of expanding Amazon's own van-based delivery system, it starts to become clear. The margin cost then, you know, um, makes it more and more attractive for Bezos to expand his own ability to do what the post office today does better than Amazon can do, and that's last mile delivery to the customer's home, or in my case, to the Amazon hub. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we're, we're going to leave that one alone. Bezos can end his relationship with the post office in every medium and metro zone in the country and do it all on his own, and he can do it quite quickly. And he doesn't have to worry about a unionized labor force yet. Not in this gig, gig economy, but I would predict that could come to him. Running your own last mile delivery service, if you raise shipping costs by four times, starts to sound better and better to Jeff Bezos. And Bezos doesn't fail. That's how he got to be the richest man in Christendom. The other beneficiaries from this change would be UPS and FedEx, whose rates would seem a whole lot more reasonable by comparison, and who when I look at it from a consumer point of view, are a whole lot more customer focused. I got a lamp via FedEx yesterday and I didn't have to march a quarter mile to an Amazon hub. It was on my doorstep when I stepped out with the dog. Thank you, FedEx. There are some Democrats who are pointing at the president and saying that President Trump wants to put the post office out of business so that there can't be any vote by mail in the November presidential election. You know, the president does believe in in-person voting because he believes it favors him. I'm not sure about that, but that's his theory. We could talk about it on another day, but it's not the point of this podcast. You know, the president does want to have an election and with COVID ruling the roost these days, um, he might not be able to win the battle to avoid a major portion of that election being by mail because there are states that already do 100% vote by mail or there are states like California where the most popular way to vote is permanent absentee. Um, I have been known to mail my ballot back a month before the election. Amazing things. Once you've done it, and you put it in the mail, and you check and that they've received it, and your blood pressure goes down 20 points. I tell you, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Even if the president wants to force everybody to vote in person, he can't do it. 
because the Supreme Court would not allow him to put first class mail, which is what ballots are, out of business. That would violate Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 of the United States Constitution, known as the Postal Clause or the Postal Power, which empowers Congress to establish post offices and post roads. It does not grant the president power to override that clause at his whim. That's the basis of the place where you need to start to negotiate this $10 billion bailout. I think the president knows that. I think his purpose is twofold. First, anything that hurts Jeff Bezos makes Donald Trump's heart beat faster. So he wants to hurt Bezos, who he sees as benefiting from his relationship with the post office. Let me tell you, the post office problems were so much bigger before Bezos got involved with having them do the last mile shipping for Amazon. <clears throat> One place the post office makes money is on parcel post. And the president also does want to reduce the size of the mail-in vote. It gets bigger and bigger in every election, and to me, it seems like a better solution than having a holiday, a voter holiday. I, personally, I think an all-mail-in ballot would be a good thing, but there would have to be caveats. One of those caveats is about ballot harvesting, but, you know, we'll talk about that in September. You know, and, and, and the president's narrow focus is a shame because the post office has not undergone a thorough reorganization since before the release of the first Mac, forget the Apple phone. And that reorganization was quite meager in its scope and results. The United States Postal Service could use a thorough, thorough going over. I got a couple of ideas that might cut some costs and increase some customer satisfaction. And Saturday delivery. Businesses, you know, offices are closed most of the time on Saturday, so they don't get that mail until Monday. Um, and, you know, from my point of view, I go to the mailbox once a week. And what I do when I go to the mailbox is put 99% of the mail directly into the handy recycling can, which just sits right next to the mailbox. You know, things like magazines. I get magazines online. If you wait until they come in the mail, they're out of date. Another thing that we could do was we could increase the cost of third-class mail, and one, we would, we would waste a lot less paper, and two, I would be throwing a lot less stuff into the uh, recycling can directly from my mailbox, because I don't even read the third-class mail. It's, you know, circulars from the grocery store or, you know... Uh, big postcards offering you things you don't want or need, and all of it goes straight into the, and a million charities you've never heard of. Um, and it all goes straight into the recycling can. So if you increase the cost of third-class mail, I would have to throw fewer things away. A third idea is to close a lot of postal substations and contract those, or post offices, in, in let's say, small farming towns. Um, and contract those services out to existing local businesses. So let's say in a, you know, farming town of 10,000 people in Iowa, um, you might be able to open a new coffee shop 
by combining it, doing con acting as a contract uh, mail post office substation, and also being you know a coffee shop, bakery, whatever um, that couldn't doesn't there isn't a big enough community to sustain just that commercial part of the business. But if it had the mail part of the business as part of its basic floor of income, then suddenly the bakery coffee shop part of this becomes um, a revenue generation, a positive re revenue generator. So you could, could create some new small town businesses um, and perform some services while at the same time closing very expensive to operate um, post offices. <clears throat> and at the same time, you know, in, in metropolitan areas, you go into the post office and there is this big do-it-yourself postal center with a couple, a couple of machines and you can send certified mail, you can send uh, parcels up to a certain limit, you can do all, all kinds of things, you can get stamps, whatever. About 90% of the things that you would do at the post office. So why don't you take those types of machines and put them where people are? Instead of making people come to them, why don't we put them where people go? Shopping malls, grocery stores, etc. Again, you would need fewer post offices and you would make things much more convenient for customers. And the equipment already exists, all you need to do is change the pickup and delivery, you know, the pickup processes from those centers and how you, um, you know, re refill the supplies, et cetera. And customers would love it because the service would come to them, not make them go to the service. All of those suggestions have one thing in common they result in the reduction of U.S. Postal Service personnel. That workforce would shrink through attrition. The unions would be able, might, might find themselves much more willing to renegotiate current contract terms because those current contract terms are not sustainable if they saw that their membership was going to shrink through attrition meaning fewer current postal workers would have to pay dues to support more generations, bigger generations of former postal workers. And that might make the unions a whole lot more willing to renegotiate. And beyond that, you've got a ton of fixed assets in the postal system, whether it's sorting centers or post offices, et cetera. Now, when you talk about post office buildings, we could free up a bunch of fixed assets, right? And you know, some of those buildings are beautiful, beautiful WPA era, you know, the Roosevelt Works Project uh, Agency um, built beautiful buildings because they wanted to employ a lot of skilled labor as well as unskilled labor <clears throat> and you know buildings like the old washington main post office and today 
the old Washington main post office is in fact the Trump Hotel in downtown DC. So you see how in other areas of the country in what are today more suburban and urban centers, you could turn a lot of beautiful buildings to new purposes. You could sell them or you could lease them. You could then use the proceeds to shore up the ailing postal system pension funds, which are the core of the problem at the postal system, not parcel post costs. And you could do it without another penny of taxpayer money being funneled into this voracious, never-ending, um, multi-generational pay, payroll system. And you know what's best about any and all of these ideas? Not just that they're feasible, but that none of them would lead to higher shipping costs at a time when American entrepreneurs, large and small business, cannot survive yet another headwind. The only loser were you were Congress to look at some of these changes or were the Trump administration and the Postal Service to consider some of these changes. The only loser would be the many Congress members whose only successful legislation was the naming of a post office in their district. And if that's all they got done, it's not just the postal system that we need to reform. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.